0: Sadly, lives dozens falling ill with a mysterious virus that would ultimately change the temperatures. The 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 The
1: The 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 coronavirus presents a public.
0: This is the Make the Choice podcast, a series that provides a safe place for discussion on vaccine hesitancy, something that has caused a lot of confusion and division among mob in our community. A collaboration between the state Indigenous health and Indigenous media peak bodies in Queensland. The Make the Choice podcast, where we find the answers to the questions our mob have around the COVID-19
1: vaccine. This is the Make the Choice podcast. And hello, welcome to the Vaccine Hesitancy podcast. We're discussing COVID-19, the terrible pandemic that's heading around the globe and as the Delta variant approaches Queensland when the border opens, our Aboriginal communities up here are going to have to arm themselves with vaccine information, medical information to protect our elders and our communities. And today I have a very special guest in Dr. Mark Wenatong. How are you, Mark? I'm great, thanks. How are you today? Oh, I'm good, thank you. I'm good. we been up bright and early into it. So can you tell us who you are and who your mob is just for people who may not know who you are out there? Um,
0: it's Dr. Mark Winnetong uh, My mob's Cubby Cubby. i from
1: South Queensland and
0: uh, Vanuatu mob as well. Um, my background's uh, medicine currently, all <laughs> the last 25 years. I'm a medical doctor, but prior to that, I also studied in laboratories and worked in laboratories for 11 years in clinical lab testing um, and studied at the Centre for Disease Control in Atlanta um, around serology and biology. Um, <clears throat> And diagnostics, so um, um, and that that previous course as well was around cellular bio, biology, etc. So um, it kind of helps me a fair bit um, in um, understanding the mechanisms of actions of viruses and um sequelae and for that and, and stuff. So um, a good
1: understanding, I think. I think you have got a very good understanding, Doctor Wenatong, Mark, um, <laughs> mate, we've been you know we've been struggling for you know two years now since the the COVID nineteen pandemic has spread around the globe. Um for you personally, how has that been, the, the sort of storyline, the narrative of COVID and, and how it sort of, you know, arrived here in Australia and, and impacting our communities in particular?
0: Yeah, look, um, um, I, I think the big thing for me has been throughout this from the very start. First thing was, I think our communities reacted very quickly um, when we heard about this pandemic. And I think both, you know, we kind of understand The... Uh, implications because of swine flu, et cetera, that we had before, um, that um, didn't go that well in our communities. Um, that was, you know, a few years ago. Um, but if you go right back, you know, um, smallpox was introduced to in Australia um, as well, and it decimated. Um, it decimated the tribes around Sydney. Up to seventy percent died um, from an introduced virus that we didn't have any knowledge of before. Which is what they call it: novel mm-hmm. um, coronavirus, because our, our body's not used to it. Um, Because it's a new one. Well, that's the same kind of thing that's happening now, um, as happened back then. This is a novel virus. We haven't come into contact with it before, so we have no good defences straight away um, to guard against it.
1: Yeah, it's really interesting because we do have a long history of, you know, unfortunately a long history of disease and, um, you know, like you said, smallpox arrived by by boat in 1788 yeah. and um yeah. you know i come from new south wales out there and we're actually being hit pretty hard at the moment in western new south wales seeing yeah. what's happened in yeah. dubbo Wilkenia, and <coughs> my community of moree at the moment yeah. is really struggling with covid19 um yeah. i've been talking to mob out there firsthand and and, you know, like, there's a lot of scepticism around COVID and whether our mob could get it. Like, remember two years yeah. ago? Like, we won't get it and this and that. And what's your what's yeah, your look, thoughts around all um, of this? Well,
0: this, this kind of fits with the, that narrative that I started with. So early on, we closed off communities and being in bubbles protected us. And we were very good at that um, by security act and everything like that. I think we got that whole sense of security that um, that would protect us from the virus. That that was never going to protect us. You can't stay in a bubble forever. <laughs> um, you need services, and, and even if it's just essential services, still need doctors, nurses, garbage collection, whatever you need, know, You know, um, going around. Um, doing stuff so that was never the answer that was a short term way of trying to what we used to say flatten the curve you know so yeah. um, when we did get it it wasn't as intense um, um, but now uh, that Australia's starting to open up more and now that we know from the experience of Western New South Wales um, that if it does get into our communities by any means um, it will be devastating um, and look I, I don't want to be a doomsday kind of a guy but I'm um, no, but we have um, to but be am, realistic I'm don't we? scared. Yeah, yeah, I, I'm, I'm seriously worried. I'm very, 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 very worried. I don't think we have the health infrastructure to handle um, large outbreaks like that. Yep. Um, particularly in remote areas, I don't, don't think we have public health infrastructure to handle things like that, properly retrievals and everything else that we need. So, look, um, I think we've we've come so far. We did really, really well. We only probably had less than 200 people. Um, that were infected Australia-wide up until the New South Wales outbreak. Yes. And then suddenly we went up to 4,000 um, with multiple deaths. This is a story we need to listen to for the rest of our mob across Australia. This, this virus, um, if it gets in and when it gets in, um, will be pretty devastating unless, you know, we take the right steps now and kind of like our, our only way out um, at the moment is, is getting our vaccination
1: rates up. Yeah, yeah. And how do we, you know, one of the things I've been struggling with up here is how do we get our Queensland mob to listen to our New South Wales mob and that experience? Because I know firsthand because I've got family members directly uh, impacted with COVID-19. They're in hospital at the moment. They've got it. But I've, what I'm seeing is Queensland, there's still a bit of a scepticism around it and it's, you yeah. know, it's not until it, you're on your doorstep. And this has happened in Moree as well. Like everyone's rushing yeah. out now to get vaccinated, but I'm trying yeah. to get the message up here to Queensland. Don't wait because people yeah. will die. You will lose elders. Yeah. You'll be stuck yeah. in motor homes like they were out at Wilkenya. Yeah. Um, and as you said, you know, very low infrastructure, uh, health infrastructure in communities, the further north and west that you go in Queensland. Uh, And look, um, us, you know, this is the important thing for us
0: to understand as Aboriginal people is that we are the most vulnerable to this virus, um, both in terms of spread very fast because we have dense, you know, like we're big families and small yep. houses, basically. Or as we like to say, the houses are too small for our families because <laughs> we choose to have big families, you know? And we choose to let Uncle Charlie stay um, for the next 10 years after that funeral he came for. <laughs> um, but um, all that stuff, you know, and that's 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 fine. But what it has meant in Western New South Wales is that the density of living means that young kids and old people and middle-aged people are in close contact a lot in households. That's not the same in mainstream households. Um, so... Um, this is um, for us, and we have a lot of old people and older people with chronic disease. So we actually, have lots of young people with chronic diseases as well um, um, these days. So they're the most vulnerable groups um, for this virus, and um, we really do need to be able to protect them as best we can. And um, um, and this kind of, you know, to me is kind of cultural in a way. You know, in, in the old days. What did warriors do to protect? You know, the old people and the women and children in the middle. You know, um, yeah, exactly. warriors stood around the outside and stepped up um, and um, uh, took the, you know, um, took the fight to the enemy. And that's kind of, I think, what we have to do with this as well to protect our old people um, is to be those people that we have, we are culturally. Um, And and look, you know, I deal with um, vaccine hesitancy a lot and um, with our mob. And it's, you know, people are just scared and they're worried and um, things. uh, I think, you know, governments and health like us have bungled up some of the um, um, rollout and implementation. We've changed vaccines, we've changed rules, state and territory has been fighting with the feds. It gets very confusing for people, you know, to to know what the hell's going on. And, yes. Um, and then they've got all this constant barrage of this weird... Um, and I've got to say, this is white mainstream social media um, that people are listening to, and that drives me a bit crazy as well because um, um, we, we have, you know, like a whole lot of black, Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander um, health scientists, health professionals, who are giving good advice and, you know, if you don't trust the white system, trust our mob at least, you know? That's why we studied sciences and that's why we can apply it both culturally and socially and medically um, so we can help our mob. um, um, But people are kind of buying into um, these kind of... this.
1: Bible Belt stuff coming out of the US and stuff like that. and um, Yeah, it's really weird, isn't it? Mm. I, I oh, find look. it quite fascinating because, you know, we, mm. I'm, a, I'm a journalist and some of our investigations with other journalists is that information actually comes from far-right groups. Oh, and, look, and our mob are sharing it and buying into it and we're going, hey, you know... Well,
0: I've had to say that to people. You know that tweet you just said, that thing you just sent me on Facebook? Have a look at that site. That site says the only good nigger is a dead nigger. Like, yeah. this is... The, this is Not the stuff that we buy into. Um, And the other thing I think that, whether I agree completely with Briggs, you know, the um, rapper, um, is there's a very big difference between what's a human rights issue and what's a big health issue. And um, you can buy into one without the other um, as well. And that's important differential because what bugs me is that, like, lots of um, people in the um, alternate kind of movement around, anti-vax and stuff like that, are conscripting people um, into that, but their human rights issue is that they can't go shopping at Kmart on Saturday morning. Like, our human rights issues is we've got 200 years of dying 20 years earlier than other people, Um, and we've got poor infrastructure, we've still got over-incarceration, our kids are being locked up. I don't know why we're buying into some kind of middle-class white human rights issues when they have never bought into ours. Yeah, that's um, a really good point. You know, and I just, it, it just bugs me like that we all jump on that bandwagon, or well, some do anyway. Um, and, and the secondary point is, I think, um, is that, or, like, traditionally, we, we've always been communal people. Like, it hasn't always been about individual rights. It's always been about the good of our whole community. And um, yes. I don't know how we for- can forget that, you know, um, and not lose our culture and the way we are. So um, that's, you know, kind of... Been my take with some of those issues, and I guess the other thing, which is a bit harder to um, um, articulate, but um, um, but I think even for people who think there may be a bit of a risk, um, there's always been a risk in protecting our communities. And if there, it was another mob attacking us or whatever, you know, we didn't stop because there was a risk of getting speared yes. um, and dying. <laughs> we 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 were worried. You know, we we, we had our warriors out front and. They always took risks, yeah, because that's what leadership does. And um, that's a really good point, Mark. About that, you know, Look, the the only other thing to say about that is we we you know there's higher risks of eating um, deep fried chicken, you know, um, on our health than the vaccine will cause. And, you um, love
1: up north love that fried chicken up there too. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm not mentioning any names because that
0: would be wrong. But, <laughs> just, dude, but, um, but you know what I mean. Like people worrying about the ingredients, and go, you don't even know what you're eating currently in in some of those things because they're secret recipes. Yes. <laughs> um, but you still eat it, um, and so those things um, are a bit disheartening. And and the other the other point is that um. Um, I follow through on all of the um, vaccine information that comes through on social media, anti-vax yep. um, included, and um, weird and wonderful things included, and I, I haven't found found anything that I could trust so far, and that includes gamon people wearing white coats and hanging stethoscopes around their neck when they know they've re- been retired for 20 years or they're a bit. <laughs> um, you know, um, there's so much misinformation there, and you just can't trust them, and yeah. Even a couple I've followed through that had, you know, there's some. there's been some good science around the critiques and that, that's what we should have. We should have critiques of vaccine um, effectiveness and uh, complications and things like that. And so that's a really good thing. But honestly, some of the ones that are being quoted around science have a very big conflict of interest because they're promoting another product. Yeah, that's right. Um, around this, and even that's um, when um, they were pushing the alternative Um, medications, oral medications in the US that we all knew um, may work in a test tube but weren't going to work in real life because they'd cause too many side effects. Um, um, There was a group of um, health professionals over there that started selling that online and promoting it online. They made squillions um, out of people. And, you know, so it's hard to trust everything you hear because there's so many conflicts of interest. And honestly, I, I think... If people are worried about a government kind of thing happening. Oh, there's no way our government's organised enough.
1: No, nah, I mean they can't even. Really, um, I mean, look at look at Scott Morrison over at um, COP26. I mean, I don't think he's smart enough to have any vaccine influence or <laughs> manipulate any vaccines.
0: Um, and, and look, this has been the problem. And you know, often people will say, to "Me, oh, but they're testing it on us, blackfellas," and I go, "No, no." He got tested on a billion white people um, before us in Europe, and then even that private boys school in Sydney got the vaccine before the Western yeah. New South Wales mob did. Um,
1: a lot of but sit, did sit back and just naturally wait just to see what happened. I mean, yeah, you know, yeah. I was probably a little bit guilty of that too. I was just like, I'm just going to sit back and just wait for a bit. And I was also a little bit scared of needles. But um, <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah,
0: look, and that's, that's not uncommon, you know. Um, no, and, it's, um, a, it's a real
1: fear. Like, yeah. I talked to a lot of black yeah. folks around that, and they go, no, I'm just scared yeah. of needles, bro. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, um, it's really it's really not that uncommon, and 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 um and it's something you could talk people through, you know, because um, as you know, we know all of our type two diabetic patients are uh, most of them are on you know on um, their insulin needles and stuff like that, and yes. people get used to it, and, and people realise it's not bad, and it's such a tiny needle, um, it's actually so tiny that you could never fit a microchip. Through that needle, um, and we've got photos to show what size a microchip is versus the needles as well. Yeah, cause um, a lot that of that young,
1: young isn't there? It's, it's um, oh, you know, lots, robots. We're going to get turned into robots. Where these, yeah. um, you know, there's um, microchips in the in the vaccine. I'm just like, wow, there's some yeah. science fiction novels out there at the moment.
0: Yep, um, and
1: it's a bit. It's a. It's a. Sh- it's a shame
0: um, that our mob are being confused by this because the average kind of middle class white person has got. Well, good Nutrition, good immunology, good access to health services, they can they may be able to afford to um, not do as much as we have to do. But for us, um, we have to do lots everything we can to protect our communities because we have those high rates of chronic diseases and and other risk factors. Um, yeah, and the, the other the thing, comorbidities, yeah, yeah. The other thing for us is because. Um, We've got such a high proportion of kids under 12, you know, um, that aren't in the vax yet. And, you know, so it's different for us. The rest of the population can go for 80%. We need to be 90 to 100% um, vaxxed if we're going to be protected. And um, sooner or later, probably the under 12s will get vaccinated as well. Um, And that's, uh, I think, happening already in the U.S., um so we'll wait for them to test it and then um if it's good we'll we'll probably follow suit at some stage. But for us, you know our households comprise of lots and lots of kids yes um so we are know, i find as
1: further north we go the more overcrowding there is in especially around the homelands and you look up at the territory and places like that where i've worked before um and they've already got things like rheumatic heart disease from overcrowding and whatnot and then we're going to have you know the delta variant and that's another strain of the delta variant that's even worse than the delta and um and you know it's it's vaccination is the key isn't it Oh.
0: And and look, um um and, and for our mob, you know, um I think we have very valid reasons to be a bit paranoid about, you know what's being pushed by governments and stuff like that. Oh, 100%. And so just take that in i oh, just take that into account as well that you know um lots of people feel man we've been under the mission um we're not there anymore. Yeah. Um let's not have people telling us what to do ar- around lots and lots of things especially our personal lives or our um bodies, you know. Yeah, cuz it's what a very real thing to...
1: that the distrust of government and uh and uh, particularly the missed messages coming out between the state and the federal and um, I think that's yeah, made our people um, go wow this is they, these guys yeah. don't know what they're talking about. And there's yep. that mission manager mentality. So people are just like, don't tell me what to do.
0: And um, the other part is then how best we can take care of our mob who, for whatever reason, decide they don't want to get the vaccine. Yep. Um, because they're still our mob. We, we want to take care of everybody. Um, and we need to take care of them as well as best we can. Um, so one of the things we've been talking about is um, how you um, construct a family care plan. Um, around COVID, um, so that's basically, you know, it's just reminding people: if you if you're not vaxxed, you you won't be able to care for Nana. Um, um, you might yeah. not even be able to go to a funeral um, if she passes. And um, for people that have carers' allowance um, that are taking care of other people, they might have to lose that because um, they won't be able to take care of them um, if they're not vaxxed. Um, there's there's a number of issues, you know, and yeah, it's real. with some professional. Um, sports people, Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander sports people um, not long ago, and um, they were kind of saying, oh yeah, you know, we kind of decided. And I said, well, for you, I would have thought the benefit far outweighs the risk because you'll lose $300,000 a year if <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> you get kicked off the team for not being backs, you know? Um, and like most of them said, yeah, stuff
1: that. <laughs> um, yeah, there's um, always a financial yeah. sort of factor that will get you vaccinated. But, yeah. but um, yeah. yeah, it's very real amongst sports people too, you know. There's a lot of them are, are taking the stance to not get vaccinated. There's, you know, yeah. a religious mob. Um, their religious beliefs yeah. are stopping them getting vaccinated. Um, yeah. There's people with medical dis- conditions who can't get vaccinated at, at the present, yeah. you know. Like I've got a mate of mine who just had an operation. He can't get vaccinated for a little while yet. Um, yeah. So it's all these factors. It's like it's just not black and white, yeah, is it? Just, And I
0: think what confuses people a little bit as well is that um, they think, oh, you know, if you've got a medical condition, um, you shouldn't get vaccinated, which is the complete opposite. So as you're saying, there's unique circumstances where people have some very specific, fairly rare um, conditions um, where they can't be vaccinated. but. Um, for the rest um you, you actually if you 're on renal dialysis um if you 've got type two diabetes or heart disease you you're the ones that most need to be vaccinated because um, that's the, that's you're the ones that a little protect the most um, so um and and we've had those discussions at a community level a lot with people because they just went oh no, we thought you know um be bad for them to get the vaccine we're going no no <laughs> they're, they're the target route um, <laughs> Um, so it's trying to get those messages across um, as well, and um, um, it's it's I, I I do really understand, and the people that I've spoken to more recently, like including yesterday, um, we we're doing some discussions, and um, and a couple of people, a couple of women from community, just came up and said, you know, we we. We're scared. Um, what do you reckon? Is it good or not good, you know, from a black doctor's perspective? And so we had a good yarn about it, you know? Um, and they they certainly said, on balance, yep, definitely. Yep. Um, we'll get vaccinated. Um, and I think the good thing about our mob is that we're survival people. <laughs> um, our culture
1: is about survival. We're not stupid, you know? Yes. Um, so... Um, it's about our survival here. And it's um, a good point that you make there, Mark, too. Sorry to cut in, but just no, you're right. listening to the black health professionals, listening to our frontline workers, listening to people like yourself, listening to, you know, our, our nurses out in community, these are the ones that know. And, you know, like, I just want to really reinforce <coughs> this point of, you know, this, this information that comes from yourself and the, having these conversations with local mile, real conversations, that changes the game for us, doesn't it?
0: Uh, look, it does, and I think people, most of our mob, understand that pretty much every Black Aboriginal, and Torres Strait Islander health professional I know did health because they want to help their mob. You know, yep. like there's none of us sitting around saying, "Oh well, this could be bad, but we're still going to push it on our mob." No, we studied this and we studied health science and medical science um, for the betterment of our of our mob, um, and I think you can trust us. Um, in these kind of situations, because um, we kind of know more than the other health professionals <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> in, in that sense, if you know what I mean. So, um, um, and some of us do know heaps more than the other health professionals. So, um, we're not um, we're not just puppets for government or anything like that, or health systems. Um, we're doing this because we know the science, um,
1: we know our mob, we know the risk factors, and we just want our people to be safe. You know, again, I I keep harping on about the the New South Wales experience, particularly out west, but, you know, um, I saw firsthand our mob get sick out there and particularly those with comorbidities, Um, Mm. you know, and, and that was a really big, really big thing because we do struggle... You know, a lot of us out west, we do struggle with health issues. And, you yeah. know, whether it be blood pressure, heart disease, um, you know, yeah. effects from alcohol and drugs over the years, things like this, yeah. right? And then as soon yeah. as we get another layer of, of sickness through the Delta variant, that seems to drop a few of our mob. Oh, really totally impacts them. Really impacts them. Well, I'm talking ventilators, yeah. I'm talking ICU, you yeah. know. None of this laying in bed at home with the flu. But it's, it's really bad. Yeah,
0: Yeah, and I, I
1: think people have, and all of us,
0: including me, Um, And to be honest, like, um, at the start of this, in the start of the new vaccines, I was hesitant enough to go to myself, hey, I have to make sure this vaccine's safe for our mob. So I went into the, you know, cellular biology of how these mRNA and DNA um, vaccines work, et cetera. Yep. And and, um, I was more than happy with the technology um, and the way it's developed. And people say, well, how did it happen so fast? And then you go, well, because we had the entire world scientific community yes. funded um, fully um, to do this very very quickly and we could always have done this very very quickly probably should have done it for TB and malaria as well in the past but but, um, companies are opposing
1: each other aren't they and (laughs) trying to make money and get the first vaccine and whereas this one is kind of different because the whole world's community coming together to and plus the technology we've got now is very different to what we had in the 50s and 60s right
0: and and that's the other thing because because we can reproduce this in laboratory now um the the specific bits that we need very, very fastly, we can replicate um, to make vaccines, and that's a lot faster than the old ways of making vaccines. So, um, there's a whole lot of reasons why it could happen very fast. Um, and as I've said to other people, honestly, if Australia put that much intensity into Aboriginal health, we'd probably all be <laughs> healthy by now. <laughs> um, but, um, <clears throat> um, but it's going, you know. And don't get me wrong; it's good to be investing in this. It, it's a major issue, um, but it shows that we could actually. Do a lot more with most things if we
1: invested and resourced and got a lot of good minds working on it um, at the same time. Yeah, very much. So, and you know, remove the uh, the profiteering of big farmer to um, actually look after human health would be a a, hu- a monumental shift across the world. Yeah, um, and t- um, and look, you're never going to stop big farmer being big farmer,
0: mm. um, but you, you also got to remember that um, all of the alternative um, medicine. Just as corporate as Pharma, um, um, you know, including nutritional supplements yes. and all that. Yeah. Um, so they they might kind of market as health foods and stuff like that, or health and blah blah blah. But um, their, their marketing is same corporate. Um, so you, you know you, you can't really um you, you've just got to understand from a. Um, clinical and medical perspective. Which ones are the best treatments? From you know, good trials and stuff like that, and make a decision based on that. Which is what we try and do in in health and medicine. Um, um, with these big corporates and drug companies, you know, um, always trying to look for the next breakthrough. And, and you know, that's still um, that
1: competition has been great because it's I mean we've had you know, lots more good medicines developed. Um, And just finally, Mark, I guess we'll start to wrap it up now. I know you've got another appointment soon. Very busy, our doctor. But, you know, in terms of vaccine hesitancy and um, getting the right information and increasing, I guess, the vaccine rate for our mob up here in Queensland, uh, what do you have to say around that to our mob? Just speaking directly as a black doctor to black mob.
0: Um, Look, um, honestly, um, brothers and sisters, I think this is potentially one of the biggest health risks we've faced as an Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander community Um, um, and it has the potential to be very bad, Um, but we also know that we are smart, resilient people. Um, so we've faced things like this head-on before and, um, and overcome them. You know, everything from poison water holes to, you know, massacres and stolen children, et cetera, as well as smallpox. Um, we, can, we can handle this, but we need to stick together and we need to do what we know is culturally right, the right way to do things, and that's to protect our communities. Um, and um, as far as I'm concerned, the benefits of the vaccine for us are much much higher than they are for the rest of the population um so for us the benefit risk um, ratio is is very high on benefits um compared to the risk of the vaccine and that's what i'd say is that for us in our mob i think it's the only way to go um currently it's the only way that we're going to get out of this without having a lot more um deaths in our communities
1: yeah very much so and very very wise advice there and um again just every everybody out there i just encourage you to talk to your ams's your doctors um your nurses your frontline health workers and really get the best advice that you can um from our mob because you know like dr mark this said there earlier he studied the vaccine himself to make sure it was safe for us you know so um you know, black people in the health system are on the front line for us, and they're trying to save our lives and our elders and our communities. So, um, Dr. Mark, thanks for all that you do um, and have done for our, for our mob over the years, and and your colleagues, and all the work that you're doing now on COVID nineteen to to really protect our communities. We thank you for your time. Oh, uh, no, no worries at all. There's plenty of people doing the work. Yeah, no, look, Q- <laughs> Queensland mob are, are stepping right up, so we're we're very fortunate yeah. up here because, yeah, some some amazing black people work in the health system, and yeah. non-Indigenous people as well, so... Yeah, um, absolutely. Yeah, we really thank you for your time. We know how busy you are, Mark, so thanks, brother. No worries at all. Thanks, bros. Thanks, Baz. See ya. See ya. For the Make the Choice Podcast.